All right. Welcome back to the Awakening Innovations podcast. I'm your guest, Michael Barnes, and I am super excited today to introduce you to two of my friends, uh, Jonathan and Bridget Liu. Uh, I met them, I'm not quite sure, four or five years ago uh, at, at some masterminds with uh, uh, some other people who were doing some great stuff for all of us. And I have been following their journey this whole time and seen so much, learned so much about them and from them. Um, they, they've done um, energy healing, they've done financial stuff, and, and they'll tell us more about their successes and what they're doing today. Um, but life has not always been a bed of roses for them. And yet they are some of the most successful people that I know. And so I'm super excited to speak with you all. Wow, well, thank you. Thank, thank you. Michael. It's a pleasure, uh, <laughs> pleasure to be here. Yes, yes. Excellent. And as you can hear, they're both super happy all the time. I love it. <laughs> love talking to them. So, um, speaking, you know, I'll let you all decide sort of order, but, you know, tell us a little bit about how you got here, some of the things that have gone on in your lives, and, and let's just, Let's just get started. Okay. All right. Um, I guess I'll I'll start. Uh, so my name's Jonathan, and yeah. So like, uh, kind of how my life. I, I grew up in Southern California, and had you know typical Asian parents, and um, it was a lot of studying and a lot of uh, you know my my childhood was pretty good, but it was just a lot of studying, a lot of forcing me to do these things that would better my life that I didn't really know about. Um, but I took a dramatic turn in high school and I just, you know, I was never taught about emotions or energy or anything of that type of stuff. So I decided to go on my own path and kind of went down this dark, destructive path. I get, got involved with drugs and alcohol and uh, gangs and violence, ended up in, you know, prison and had the police raid my house and just kind of a whole like, you know, it almost sounds like a movie <laughs> in a way. And so, yeah, so I, I was an ex-drug dealer, ex-gang member, ex-convict, and those were kind of my darker times. And I uh, was introduced, you mentioned energy healing, Michael, and I was introduced to something called theta healing after I got out of prison in um, 2007, 2008 that really transformed my life, right? It, it really, I call it my spiritual awakening. It helped me really just deal with the emotions that I had never dealt with. And through this healing modality, I was able to really just transform my life. I, I graduated college. I got my first job at a hotel as a as a double felon, which was a big thing for me. Right. Um, I actually met Bridget through one of these healing classes. And, and then I became a speaker and um, kind of on my journey, you know, also a coach and helping people. And, and that's kind of where I met you yeah. was in, you know, in that mastermind where we, you know, it was, it was more of a business mastermind, but we were also doing the healing work and, Right. Of those type of things. So there was a lot of, I think for me, my biggest challenges, my biggest struggles um, growing up was really accepting and loving myself for who I was. I kept doing these things to try to 
impress other people or I was trying to fit into what I thought was what society wanted me, right? As growing right. up, I wanted to please my parents. So I tried to do the best I could in school. And, you know, you, you, you try so hard and you don't, and it just seems like it's never enough. And then I went down the complete opposite path and tried <laughs> to get into a whole different crowd and, and gain power through fear and respect through, once again, fear. And um, yeah, finally, I was able to really start looking inward. Yeah. And that, my, yeah. So Jonathan, I, I've seen some, of, I think your highlight reels from your speaking. Are those on YouTube by chance? They are. They are. So the, the speaking I have, um, so I did a TEDx speech at a youth high school. It was at Whitney High School. Um, that is actually online. I can get you that link. Yeah, that'd be great. Yeah, okay. I'll go over to you. And so how about you, Bridget? <laughs> it's, uh, well, uh, looking back now, my childhood was not always fun. <laughs> there were fun moments, but I actually grew up in a quiet, dysfunctional family. I actually was born and raised in Taiwan until I was sixth grade. And my whole entire life up until sixth grade was a lot of chaos, a lot of drama, a lot of yelling, a lot of abuse. It's a lot of surprises of just slapping the face out of nowhere and don't know what I did wrong. Right. Um, so physically slapping the face. Physically slapping the face. And I could get slapped in the face for no reason, for things that I haven't done. Um, or it could be a mistake my, my brother made, but <laughs> it happened to be my fault <laughs> for whatever reason. Yes. And so it's not funny, but... Those of us who have siblings can relate. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and my, my mom was like questioning why I was so mean to my brother. <laughs> there was a reason. <laughs> yeah. But anyhow, so my father was very mentally, physically, emotionally um, abusive towards me and my mom. And mm -hmm. there was a lot of fighting and arguing. I remember I often had dreams when I was little that my mom would get hit. I don't consciously remember that she got hit. But um, it was a, just a lot of just, you know, intense energy at home. Uh, and I, one day my mom ju just couldn't take it anymore. So she decided to just leave. And I remember it was really, really tough for me. I'm probably, I was only about maybe four or five year old. Yeah. And she would take me, she took me to a restaurant and sat me down and said, she's going to somewhere really, really far. Mm -hmm. And but she couldn't take me. Can you imagine like a four yeah. or five year old saying that I could never see my mom again and right. being left with abuse, abuse, abusive dad. And on top of that, uh, during that period of time, I can't, you know, consciously remember exact age of when it happened to me, but I was also uh, sexually molested by my own uncle. Mm -hmm. And I would guess it was around the age of three to five because mm -hmm. that was prior to my brother was being born and we were four years apart okay and so and nobody knew about this uh, because he would just tell me let's play a game mm -hmm. um, and a secret between us and he would guide me and all that stuff but one day he hurt my bottom and mm -hmm. I didn't understand what it was was about I just wanted to tell my grandmother about it mm -hmm. and he would immediately shut my mouth and say no nothing don't don't worry about it she just bumped herself Right. And so at that moment, I knew, okay, I got to remember to keep this as a secret. 
Nobody could know about this. Until when I was maybe about four, fourth grade, um, kids talk about nonsense. <laughs> and back then, I think during that time, there were a lot of AIDS thing going on around. Uh, TV will often play commercial about how dangerous AIDS is and right. people could die from it and at the same time there were my friends were like did you know that if you had sex about 10 years ago you can still be get pregnant right now from that sex you had 10 years ago i was like oh my god this is scary what, what what's happening and i haven't gonna have AIDS. i'm gonna have a baby i was so scared that i wrote a little note and I slid it under the door to my mom when no one was home. I, I was make, I made sure that she, only she could see it. And then she took me out, uh, just me and her, and she asked me about what happened. And she wanted to know about the details, but I was too embarrassed and too shameful to share too much detail. So I kind of just let her know what happened, but brushed it off at the same time. So right. I think this whole time she probably just kind of- so she, she came back. She, oh yeah, yeah, I forgot to mention. She did come back for us uh, when I was about first grade. Okay. Yeah, because um, I when during the time when she was gone, I would talk to her on the phone um, and often told her that I would miss her. It was, it was, it was hard right. to live in that kind of environment without my mom being there. Right. And she was the only one that made me feel safe. And right. so for her not being in that environment with me, I often felt like I was insecure, not safe. I would get hit out of nowhere and no one was there to protect me. So finally she decided to come back around the time when I was first grade. And I told her about what happened to me when I was about, I think, fourth grade. Mm -hmm. And she took me out, kind of asked me what happened. I didn't tell her exactly what happened, but kind of what happened. So she thought maybe it was just, you know, touching here and there. But, but then eventually she was like, don't tell anyone about this, mm -hmm. especially your dad. Because okay. he's going to kill your uncle quick question yeah what it matters uncle was my my dad's half brother okay yeah my dad's half brother okay. um so yeah so and and he was like and she was like don't tell anyone and she kind of gave me kind of gave me is trying to i i looking back now being a mother looking mm -hmm. back now it's like Dang, she was strong because we're all living in the same household with right. my grandparents, with my uncle who sexually molested me and my, my dad, right. in the same household. And after telling her what had happened to me, she had to calm herself down and kind of just guided me to understand why it had to happen. But we're all, we were raised in a, in a family that was all Buddhism. Okay. And so they believe a lot in karma. So they believe that something bad happened to you must because you have done something bad in the past. Yeah. And so she was trying to kind of help me understand why it happened. It didn't, but it didn't help at all. Because <laughs> like, so you're saying that I was a bad person. This is why yeah. this is happening. <laughs> she was doing what she knew. Yes. Yes. But back then for a long time, I didn't understand. I just felt like, okay, I was shut down. I was not supposed to talk about my pain. I was not supposed to talk about what had happened to me. So for a long time, I'm just like, okay, my voice doesn't matter. Even if this happened to me, it doesn't matter. Don't talk about it. Right. 
And it wasn't until I had my own daughter that I look back and go, oh my freaking God, <laughs> my mom is so freaking strong that she held herself together. Cause can right. you imagine <laughs> something like this happened to your little girl right. and you have to live under the same roof with something, somebody who molested your own daughter. Right. And so, and I was also thinking if she were to act it a different way, dramatic way, or make this such a big deal, what would have happened to me emotionally and mentally? Sure. Yeah. And so for her to be such a strong role model, it was important for me. And so finally about when I was about sixth grade, she finally decided to take us to America because my dad was just crazy. That family was just okay. crazy. So I'm so glad she did that. And throughout my life, you know, I'm just kind of drifting, you know, learning about life until about when I was 24 years old. That's when I was also being introduced to this uh, same healing modality called Theta Healing. That's where I met Jonathan. Right. And that's where my mind literally just opened to a whole complete different world. Because back then, all I knew was about Buddhism. And there are certain teachings that they taught you, what to me was kind of not limited, but like restricted, I okay. guess. But spirituality in a way, it's almost like very opening to a different world that I was not introduced as a kid in the past. You might not have it on off the top of your head, but do you have an example so for for a long, at least this is my own perspective i still love buddhism philosophy don't get me wrong I, I i still follow it i still understand appreciate it but there's a lot of teaching about karma at least from what i had learned was mm -hmm. karma was okay because you did something bad in the past and right. so this is what's happening to me so just suck it up and yeah. to me just like what do you mean just suck it up so there's absolutely nothing i can do about this that's is that what you're saying or and everybody was talking about enlightenment that you have to keep chanting you have to repent you have to you know apologize for everything that you have done in the past in mm -hmm. order to take lifetimes and lifetimes and lifetimes right. to get to enlightenment and back then i just felt like wow i will never get there <laughs> like i have to suck it up and i will never get to enlightenment right and so yeah. when i was being introduced to uh, theta healing or spirituality to a complete different world it's just it's yes karma does exist Tar karma does get back to all of us mm -hmm. but to me now i'm seeing from perspective of karma happens is because we haven't learned the lesson from our challenges right and for and it's an opportunity to show up because it keeps happening it's same thing don't say talk about karma just from past life it could be karma from this lifetime yeah. That, you know, we're consistently going through relationship after relationship. We maybe did dating different type of people, but in same kind of relationship because we yeah. have not learned the lessons. Yeah. So, I, yeah. So I was just going to say, so just to summarize, Jonathan, when you were younger, you started out trying to be the studious kid and then you went the opposite way. You got in gangs, drugs. I remember hearing your story a few times, you know, talking about, you know, the worst day of your life was when the police raided your house and dragged yeah. you out in handcuffs in front of your family and your neighbors. Yeah. Yeah. Um, oh, they, they handcuffed my parents. That was oh, the worst. Part. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Um, and then, uh, Bridget, you grew up in an abusive house. It sounds like every kind of abuse. Um, <laughs> your mom was in and out. And, and then, in some manner, you all both ended up at this 
energy healing um, yeah. course or conference or something. I'm not quite sure. When was that? 2006? 2009. 2009. Okay. Okay. As of this recording. Yeah. And I'm just <laughs> curious, how long did it take you two to get together? Mm, get together? Uh, like so we met, yeah, so we met in, I believe, April. I want to say March or April of 2009. And I think we were together in August. Okay. Yeah, August we were together. So it was like I met her and... Um, and it was actually kind of interesting because we had like this email back then it was wasn't an autoresponder it was just a email blast with you know all the cc names on it and yeah. i was like bridget oh who's this bridget you know i was looking at the email for our next kind of class i'm like who's this bridget person <laughs> and um and then we met and we kind of you know because you know we, we we partnered like in the class we partnered with people and we got partnered together and we worked on stuff together. our teachers quite interesting yeah. and um yeah and then from there we just that's kind of how our relationship started was like hey let's work together because you know we're you know let's clear some stuff out we're we do you know muscle testing and we were talking about beliefs right limiting beliefs right. testing beliefs and that's how we met we got together and then we just kind of it just kind of naturally escalated yeah and so as i said i really i, I see this as such a success um, on this podcast. I like to talk about uh, people who've gone through the fire and succeeded. And you know, tell us a little bit about you all, uh, your lives together. You know, you can talk about how how it came to be and or. Sure. Yeah, I, I think a key thing that we should just mention is because we weren't always like this, no. <laughs> right? No. Like, um, but even before that, but even before us meeting, it was like, I came from the mentality of kind of a playboy, right? Like I was like dating all these different, I was like womanizing basically and no respect for ladies and just, you know, a chauvinistic kind of pig in a way. Yeah. And, um, and on a side note, I was always attracted to bad boys. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and she was, yeah. <laughs> that Bridget, that's how he won you over, but apparently that's true. <laughs> <laughs> yep, yep, it's, it was the initial attraction. That's what started it. But um, what's interesting is that just from a relationship perspective, and maybe you want to share it is, is, you know, just like the guys that she used to attract prior to me were just people who... Liars, cheaters, yep. um, just and abusive as well. Mm -hmm. uh, and you were told that you were never going to oh, or you're gonna marry something. Oh, so growing up, my mom is uh, kind of Chinese fortune teller, astrologer. Basically, yeah. uh, she will read your birth chart and tell you about your future yeah. mm -hmm. uh, or about your life. And she will also take me to different astrologer readers, fortune tellers. Yeah. They all of them always told me the same thing: don't get married. You're going to marry to someone who's a hundred times worse than your dad. Wow. And so I had always brainwashed myself. Okay. You can just date, but never get married. Cause you'll never be loved. No one's gonna, ever going to love you. No man will ever love you. Mm -hmm. Don't trust men because that's what's going to happen. So I have yet to see that side of you, Jonathan. <laughs> <laughs> it, it was once there. <laughs> um, 
Yeah, and and what she's talking about, it's called in Chinese, it's called Ming, right? Which is basically your destiny, your destiny or your fate. Yeah. Right, and so I find what it understand was that you would meet someone who had been that way. Is that what you're saying, Jonathan? No, I, I I'm saying like, and that's kind of interesting. Is like, yeah, I had I was that at one point right. in my life. Well, maybe they were right. They just yes. didn't understand that it was the past. Yes. Yes, yeah. yes, they didn't. They 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 weren't thorough on that uh, <laughs> on that message or reading for you, or you're able to change your fate, right? You're One or the other. Yeah, right. yeah. So, oh, looking back now, I think our willingness to work with each other, our willingness to look within ourselves, and using the healing modality that we learned, really helped transform our lives completely. Because yeah. no, looking back with my kind of insecurity and his type of personality, it, we really would have a lot of clash with each other. Yeah. But because we're willing to work through a lot of our crap and we're able to get to where we are today. Because in the beginning, it was very, very rocky. We used to fight all the time. I was, uh, excuse my language, but I was a jealousy bitch. Okay. Literally, <laughs> I was so insecure that I would constantly feel like he would cheat on me because of my past experiences. Mm -hmm. And I would bring that baggage into our relationship. And he had his own baggage as well. I did cheat on her. Oh, yeah. That's, <laughs> that's right. I forgot. But it was also because I was jealous and insecure, too. It was my kind of protection. It was like I had this thing where anytime I had a serious relationship, I would cheat to protect myself. Right. You know, You're like, trying to spike it, as I put it. <laughs> I, I just, yeah, it was like a, that way I could say, oh, I did it before you. Because they were, I would have this insecurity that they were going to go do it anyway, so I better go do it first. Yeah. And so you all have moved on from that. That That's was very interesting. It's because of he cheated on me everything changed okay. it's almost like he needed to use that it's, a, it's like he said he used as a protection because he felt like girls would hurt him mm -hmm. so he would just sabotage a relationship that's actually good for him anyways right. and because i and luckily everything is so divinely planned and so divinely it just happened that during that time i was hurt i was so hurt but at the same time for some reason, a part of me expected it. I was not shocked. I was not surprised, but mm -hmm. I was hurt. Yeah. And so it's like, I still went through my grieving or sadness process. And I had to ask one of my Theta Healing friends back then to help me go through this. And within 30 minutes, he, she helped me heal a lot of my emotions. Awesome. Yes. And so lucky that she did that for me because Prior to that, I was actually online waiting for Jonathan to get online so I can yell at him <laughs> to make him feel bad for what he did. But really, eternally, I was really just wanting to talk to him because I missed him. Yeah. I still missed him. I still loved him. And so, but then my logical reaction is I want to yell at him just so I can get my attention or whatever it is. Yeah. Yeah. But he wasn't online. Good thing he wasn't because he could have <laughs> just go, you know what? I'm sorry. I'm not meant to be in your life. I'm just yeah. going to go. He could have done that. And I know, knowing him, he would do that. So after going through that session for 30 minutes, I felt like at peace, fully and completely. So I oh. went online and he just ha so happened to be there. Yeah. And I told him, 
and he said the same thing. He said, I'm sorry for, for what had happened. Mm-hmm. And I, you know, it's, it's the worst thing that could happen. And you don't deserve that. And right. if you don't want me in your life, I understand that. Mm-hmm. And I said, I still want you in my life, you know, and that's, that's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. It was, it was pretty, now I'm like, we're talking about this. It's just coming to me. Like what's interesting is in my previous relationships that I had done this with, um, it's, I never told them, right? Mm-hmm. Like it was just that. And then we ended up breaking up anyway. So it didn't really right. matter. Um, but with her, I, she didn't know it happened, but I I, it wasn't like, it wasn't like, <laughs> Woman she, always know. It wasn't like she, <laughs> she didn't catch me red handed, right? Like a lot of women, like they know, I mean, I know she like intuitively they know. And we, what's interesting is we work with clients who go through the same thing where they, right. they know, but they can't do anything until they actually like catch them red handed. And so I just felt so guilty and ashamed about it that I actually just up and told her. And also this moment in our life had to happen because my whole thing was cheating is a deal breaker, right? Like it's just like, for me, it's like, hey, if somebody cheats, boom, done. So for her to still forgive me after that, that opened up something within me that was like, oh, you can forgive someone for that and still be with them. Like that's possible. Is that love? Is that like, is that unconditional? You know, I had just started hearing the term unconditional love. (laughs) Is that what unconditional love is? I don't know, but it made me want to be better. So was this part of, or, or a result of maybe the healing processes and stuff that you were learning and going through that you were changing you were both changing at this point and you know as, as i think we all sort of understand you know things happen at the right time and so you know you two apparently weren't supposed to meet earlier because you weren't the right people and then at some point as as you went through this learning healing doing healing, being healed, you all met at the right time to make it work out and be these wonderful people that I met who are perfect and could never have done or gone through any of this stuff that you're talking about. (laughs) (laughs) And real quick, tell us about the, the other one in, in the, in the picture, which may be what just happened. (laughs) Yeah. Um, so this is, I, I think I'll let kind of Bridget tell the story here, but yeah. So since Nyla, that's our baby daughter. Um, she is now five months old, almost yeah. since next month. And um, yeah, so it's been kind of this journey of, we've been together, we've got married in 2011 mm-hmm. and we've been to, you know, together since 2009 and Bridget has wanted a, a baby since yeah. 2012. Okay. Um, and I'll kind of I'll kind of let her share that story with you. You guys might hear a baby cooing in the background. <laughs> Nyla, Nila, what is it? Nyla. 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 Okay. 
And by the way, she has the cutest pictures ever. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. So we're talking about. So you want to, she's asking like, how's you know, life with, with a baby? But kind of, I'm just saying like, we've been together since 2011 oh, and you've wanted a baby since. 2012. So this is an incredible journey as well. I've want, always wanted a baby for a long, long time since 2012. That's when we start trying officially. Okay. And then, you know, when you tried, you like, I remember the first time I tried, I'm like, this is it. This is happening. I'm getting pregnant. No matter what, it's happening. Right. And I think I believe this so much. I actually changed the hormone in my body. So when I tested on the pregnancy test, it came out positive. Wow. But when I go see a doctor, I was not pregnant. Right. Yeah. So it's, I'm just sharing this to show people the power of our mind. Yeah. Yes. And so anyways, anyhow, so throughout the years, I've been trying and trying, didn't happen, believed it's happening, but it's not happening. So you go through a lot of hopefulness and then boom, disappointment, hopefulness yeah. and boom, disappointment. So finally, 2015, that was the last time that where I was at the peak of hopefulness, like, I think that's it. I think it's happening, but it didn't happen. And I was, I just got so sad and devastated that I just start bawling and crying in his arms. And I'm like, you know what? Forget this crap. Like, <laughs> it's not meant to be. And during that time, I was also in the practice of doing gratitude journal. Mm -hmm. And so every day I would spend some time to write down things I'm grateful for. And that day particularly, the, the reason why I found out that I was not pregnant is because my period came. So I was you know, hormonal. I was like already moody. <laughs> so that day I'm like, there's nothing to be grateful for. Well, you know. Like, oh, but I was like, no, you know what? I promised myself. And this is the time when I need to do gratitude journal the most. Yeah. So that day I remember, I still remember, I wrote down everything. I was like, you know what? I'm grateful I didn't have to work today so I can stay home and to rest a little bit. And towards the end, and I said to myself, I said, Bridget, one day I'm going to be so grateful for that my baby hasn't come today. Right. And when the, my baby comes, when she comes or he comes, I'm going to look back to this day and be so grateful that my baby comes on that day in the future. Right. And I'm going to look back and understand why my baby didn't come right now. Right. And, I, and after I wrote that, I'm like, huh, <laughs> I feel better. I feel better. And so we, just, we were pregnant with her last year, 2018. 18. Yep. And then, and it's like, 2018 looking back on my journey from 2015 i'm like i am so glad she didn't come <laughs> she literally picked the perfect timing perfect place and for uh, to come because yeah. through that past what i say five years yeah it was yeah three or four yeah four not four years yeah. we traveled a lot and would experience a lot of different right. things i got to learn about myself i got to discover myself we I, met you that's what we, we met, met you i was gonna yeah. say i might have met jonathan but not you bridget <laughs> we probably met you 2016 2016 right yeah so i might not have met you well exactly because right. we wouldn't have been able to just up and move like we yeah. up and moved to sedona like off the right the fly yeah yeah, and we traveled to like Europe, Malaysia, everywhere. And also during this process, I clear a lot of my traumas, a lot of my emotions, so that when she's here, I'm fully ready to be here for her. Right. Yeah. 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 That's beautiful.
Yeah. <laughs> and you know what just came to me is I think we met you, Michael, the day we moved into Sedona. Now that I'm thinking about it, it was that. That could well be. Workshop, that workshop, right? I think you were at um, Mandy's first workshop. Yes. Yeah. There were a lot of new people. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So what are you all doing now? Okay, so um, family life, right? Like we were taking care of this one here. <laughs> um, that's um, That's been definitely a new routine i guess you can say sure. uh, but as far as what we're doing to kind of you know our dream has always been to have our own business and mm -hmm. to serve people and coach and, and heal and everything that we've gone through to help people kind of transform their lives so now what we're doing is we're actually helping women um specifically moms now okay um, but any you know women in general who suffer from low self-esteem, low self-worth, who kind of judge you know, themselves harshly. They always judge themselves harshly. They're never enough. Well, we help them clear out, you know, heal their old kind of childhood traumas and help them step into their power and just really create those healthy, happy, loving, deeply satisfying relationships with themselves, their families, and their children. Yeah. Okay. And how do you do that? I mean, is this a one-on-one -on -one in person or over the phone or what do you do? Yeah, yeah. So there is, we do have a, um, we do have a group program that we do together, but there's really, um, if, if people are wondering, there's really five simple shifts that we focus on, you know, um, and, and the first one is one is, you know, these are kind of our principles of what we do is number one is to stop being positive, right? Like that's, I know that sounds counterintuitive, but it's like, there's this, kind of myth that always being positive you just every, you know and and don't get me around don't get me wrong there's nothing wrong with positive thinking and having a positive outlook on life but it's become so ingrained it's almost like forced on you now right where it's like just be positive just keep your head up oh don't worry don't think about that like you know you and and what's what's happening is you're denying all your emotions you're denying your like the brits right the stiff upper lip yeah exactly <laughs> exactly and it's like you don't allow yourself to feel but we're humans like you're supposed to feel everything and um bridget has a cool little story on right like just imagine if your children were emotions all your emotions are children and but then you favor happiness and joy oh. and when sadness and fear comes where anger comes you go no no no, shut up no 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 i need to be with happiness and joy right now yeah. and uh -huh. imagine what fear anger sadness are going to feel because you just shut them down okay. but imagine if your children comes to you crying asking for your attention you sit down you listen and you be there with them right how do you think they're going to feel now how do you think they're going to react now they will calm down they will right. no longer just throw tantrum at you because they now feel acknowledged yeah. right so yeah that's and that's big a lot of people don't do that we just deny it and you know what happens when you stuff your emotions down it manifests in all sorts of different wait are, are you trying to say something about me in my past <laughs> <laughs> Are we? <laughs> yeah, so that's the first step. The second step is to um, to release other people's energy. Here's something that a lot of people don't realize is that we carry on 
energy from other people all the time and we don't even know it. <laughs> and it's, you know, we've seen such, you know, like we carry on our parents' energy, our, our parents' thinking, society. Um, just, you can tell when there's negative energy around and sometimes we just, especially if you're empathic, right? We work with a lot of right. empaths, so they, they take it on. So that's the second kind of shift that we talk about. And then the third one is, is our secret weapon which we call the soul method. And it's a kind of a combination of everything we've learned from theta healing, energy healing, coaching, everything that we've done. And we've kind of compiled it in our own unique twist. And uh, the soul method stands for our subconscious operating under love, right? Because okay. love, yeah. Because most of the time our subconscious is running under fear or worry or some form of you know negativity whether it's anger sadness hurt whatever it is mm -hmm. and um, i think dr joe dispenza he says that you know we have what fifty thousand thoughts a day and most of them are repetitive and 80 percent are negative right. right so it's like if you think about that it's like wow um if we can change it to the other way around where it's 80 percent positive and 20 percent not so good then hey you know what our lives would be operating under love and things just kind of naturally will happen um, abundance shows up opportunities show up love shows up um so so that's the third thing we talk about the fourth one is to learn life's lessons which which bridget mentioned earlier is if you don't learn the lessons it's just gonna keep repeating you're itself. just gonna keep repeating yes and right. and, and so a lot of times Honestly, I remember when I used to hear that from people and I'm like, that doesn't make any sense. But as you all probably know, and probably remember, I'm just a practical guy, right? So, you know, you think about it like parking ticket, right? If you don't learn, you can't park there and you just keep doing it, you're gonna keep getting hit by it. <laughs> sure. Until you learn it or, you know, you, you date, people who are not right for you and you just keep doing it. Oh, this one's going to be right. This one's going to be right. This learn the lesson. Yes. <laughs> yes. Absolutely. Absolutely. And it's funny because a lot of people like they don't even know they're just not aware, mm -hmm. you know, and then they just think, you know, especially for women, right? If you're dating the same kind of guy over and over, you're getting the same type of relationship. And it's like, why do I keep attracting these guys? And then it's like, you look at their beliefs about men and then it's like, oh, well, all men are douches or all men are pigs or all men are dogs or they'll never, you know, you're going to attract that into your life. Right. And as we know, your subconscious does everything that can to prove you right. Exactly. exactly. <laughs> right. And that's, you know, and that's what we teach. Um, and then the last one is to invest in mentoring because we found the shortest and fastest and best way to get to where you want to go is to find somebody who's already done it, who's been there, and can guide you along the way. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, yeah. So that is what we're up to. And obviously, Nyla has been a yeah. really, really big part of all that. And so tell me again. So you all are looking to work with moms, correct? Yeah. And moms who are experiencing what? who are just experiencing, you know, a lot of low self-esteem, low okay. self, a lot of just inner criticizing themselves all the time. A big thing that a lot of moms experience is that they give, 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 give. Mm -hmm. They don't, they don't ever receive any right. type of gratitude or appreciation. They're overwhelmed. They're 
anxious, they're stressed out, and they don't ever love themselves. They don't give themselves any time. So, so at the end or along the way or however you want to phrase it, what, what does a mom get or see or, I mean, what's, what's the benefit? Yeah, go ahead. I'll let you take that. Because they get a lot. This is, this is a different type. You know, this is a specific group. Mom's going through the fire. Yeah. And you're talking about helping bring them out the other side. You know, I love the quote, you know, I love the people who've been through the fire and are carrying water back to those still in the flames or something along those lines. And that's exactly what you're talking about. So, you know, what, what does a mom experience at the end? At the end, they experience claiming their power back to themselves. They experience waking up in the morning with a big smile on their face, but not just on their face, but in their heart. That yeah. they experience looking in the mirror and loving themselves fully and go, wow, I didn't know I could love you this much. <laughs> they experience going into family meetings or hang out with friends, feeling confident being who they are without be, being easily influenced by other people's comments about them or judgments about them. Yeah. They have full confidence within themselves. They have full gratitude about themselves. They show up for their family fully with happiness and joy. Yeah, and a lot of that's internal, but some of the external kind of things that they actually receive or they actually can see is their relationships with their spouses, with their children, mm -hmm. with their family members, where Oh my God, they used to, somebody used to say that and, you know, um, it doesn't affect them anymore. Yeah. It doesn't bother them. Like think of how that changes everything in your life when you are no longer bothered by so-and-so's comments. Right. Especially during the holidays, right? Like a lot of people, this is crazy. A lot of people are dreading going to family events because that one person's going to be there. Right. I, was, I was hearing that there are polls out, um, like 25% of people dread the holidays. Yeah. So, so one thing I know you all are talking about moms and, and I'm, I haven't told anybody this, but I don't know, maybe six months ago, I started um, in my head when I start feeling down, I'm just like, Michael, I love you. I love you, Michael. And it has done so much. So you were talking about uh, helping moms to do that. And I'm just throwing out there, it's not just for moms. <laughs> But no, yeah, everybody needs everybody it. Everybody needs it. Everybody needs it. We're specifically starting with moms just because oh, absolutely. we, yeah, that's just where we're starting. That's perfect. And, and, you know, I have no problems with that. And I encourage people to find their market and, and all that. And the, I kind of want to share the reason why I want to start with mom is because I actually really, really want to help children. It, okay. Because growing up from my own dysfunctional family and also doing the work that I do for the past 10 years, I know how much a lot of our beliefs and our, a lot of uh, baggages or emotions that we carry or the things that we learn about ourselves or the world comes from our family, yeah. comes from our parents. And I'm just thinking if I'm able to help transform a mom mom who can help transform her husband her partner and then eventually being able to be there for her children you know show up fully lovingly i mm -hmm. think it's going to change the whole family dy dynamic 
And it's just easier for me personally, because I'm a woman that I can connect with them a little bit, you know, better Mm -hmm. because I understand how they think and how they feel. But I really want, I really want to do is to help transform families' lives. Beautiful. Beautiful. And as I said before, we even talked, and I've said for a long time, I love your family. So, <laughs> thank you. So, yes. so, as we're signing off now, um, do you have any words of wisdom for people who who want to transform their families? You go first. I think the biggest thing, the one word that comes to me right now, is to forgive. Uh that's that's the biggest one that's just like and it's it's yes it's forgiving others you know mm-hmm. whomever whatever they did said however they harmed you right in, in any way but also really is to forgive yourself like yes that, that's the biggest biggest thing that i can share because once i was able to forgive myself for certain things it just opened up yeah so that's that's kind of my awesome. Point. I love it. Do you have anything, Bridget? To me, it's just bluff. <laughs> <laughs> but I know it is simple, but it's it's simple, but it's not a common practice that people do for themselves. Yeah, it's not easy. It's not easy because it's so easy that when something happens, we go into the state of blame. It's not necessarily about blaming other people. But a lot of times we blame ourselves thinking that we should have done this. We should have done that. And even if we do so much for the family already, mm-hmm. we tend to not give ourselves enough credit to go, wow, great job, Michael. You know, right. thank you so much for doing this for your family. Thank you for being there for me. Saying this to yourself. Yeah. We don't love ourselves enough to give ourselves the credit, give ourselves the gratitude and give us the, the forgiveness that we long deserve for a long period of time. Absolutely true. I love yes. that, both of you. And I love you guys, all three of you, I guess. Um, <laughs> so we love you. <laughs> so if someone wants to get in touch with you, what is the best way? Um, so if they go to, so we have a free masterclass if they want to check that out to learn a little bit more, just kind of in depth of our five steps there. Um, it's divinelytogether.com. Divinelytogether.com. Okay. And I will put that down in the show notes so anybody can come check it out. Cool. Thank Thank you. you. (laughs) It's been fantastic talking to you all. As I said, I love you all. Um, I've learned so much from you and enjoy every moment that I get to spend with you. So thank you so much for taking some time to speak with me. Thank you so much. Thank you so much, Michael. It's been a pleasure. And thank you for everyone who's listening. We love you. (laughs) 